This podcast is sponsored by Aurora Packaging Solutions, a global packaging solutions provider leading the transition to a more sustainably packaged future. They specialize in developing packaging and visual communication solutions that reduce the impact on the environment and bring sustainability goals to life. With a focus on partnership and service, they create a custom solution for your business. To learn more, please visit www.ororapackaging.com. Welcome to Sustainable Packaging with Corey Connors. Today's guests, I have two amazing people that are doing some incredible things in the world of sustainability. Mr. Peter Proctor is the treasurer of EcoShip, and Ms. Alexandra Plua is the CEO and founder. Hey guys, how's it going? Hey, how are you? Thanks for having us. Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking time. I'm excited about what you guys are doing and impressed. So Alexandra, can you tell us how did you start this as the founder? What was the impetus? What's your background too? <laughs> yeah, so I graduated from Drake University with a bio degree. Um, I thought I was going to be doing lab work, ended up not working out, just definitely wasn't my thing. So I was always trying to get back into like the environmental aspect of things just because I got really into it in college. I met Peter a few years ago and he was doing an e-commerce thing, like that was his business. And so he was reusing a lot of the shipping materials from like friends and family. And so I started collecting more for him. And before we knew it, our whole closet was filled up with the shipping <laughs> materials. So I decided to start reaching out to other people, seeing if they also needed anything. And it's, it's been growing ever since. Excellent. And, and Peter, what, what's your background? How did you start this idea? this concept? Well, I went to school for environmental science and business management. I was working in the field for a couple of years. I left that work and I started selling stuff online, completely unrelated to my degree. <laughs> and I found a love for it. And I really did like get interested in how can I make my business more sustainable, even though I don't really deal with people on a regular basis. And I knew it was like a very petroleum heavy industry, shipping things around the country and around the world. So I wanted to help minimize my impact and also become accountable for, you know, the materials that I use. Another part of it, too, saves a bunch of money reusing packaging. <laughs> yeah. Packaging is incredibly expensive. So when I started running out of these materials, my business grew. Alexandra really helped me out and she started reaching out to people. And the next thing you know, we had a whole closet and a whole hallway filled with things. And then... <laughs> We, we reached out to some other people and they were super interested in what we were doing. And then next thing you know, we had a storage unit full of materials and collection dates. And then we decided to really turn it into something real, yeah. something that can offer a social utility to businesses and people. That's what we found out. People love giving us Amazon bags because a <laughs> lot of people hold on to them or don't know what to do with them. Yeah. And it's great just to, you know, be able to give people the option of giving them to someone who's going to want them and use them. Absolutely true. I posted a video on TikTok about six months ago, and it went totally viral for me, almost a million views, 30,000 comments. I said, would you give back your corrugated yeah. and packaging to Amazon if they offered that service? Mm -hmm. Resounding yes. When does this start? I still have people messaging me. Have you started that program yet? When, <laughs> when, when can I give back my corrugated? When can I give back yeah. my, my mailers? So I'm going to start sending them to you guys. <laughs> uh, we are waiting for Amazon to make that move. So <laughs> yeah, I think so someday. 
one of our exit strategies for this whole program is hopefully Amazon goes, Hey, that's a great idea. We should do it internally. And then, you know, it helps address the, address the issue. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So let's explain it to the audience. You guys are asking people to send you their used packaging and, and then, and then you're offering it for sale to other companies. Yeah. So actually, so we are local pretty much right now to Chicago and we've expanded into the sub, but so once a month we do have collection drives. We have multiple locations around the city. We have local businesses as drop-off points. So during that week, they can come drop off their materials that we're currently accepting. And then we have our volunteer days where we sort through everything, bundle stuff up for customers. And we actually give these products away for free. So yeah, we don't charge right now. (laughs) We kind of uh, just wanted to see where this would go and if people would actually be interested. And people are very interested. So there is a price point there. People are willing to pay for this service. So uh, we've supplied several businesses like, you know, bi-weekly with large boxes of paper shred and large boxes of bubble wrap and other materials. And they're like, hey, we pay this amount every quarter for all of these materials. Can we at least give you some of that? And right now we're leaning on the answer no. But as we scale up in size, we may implement that as part of the business, part of maintaining the overhead of actually storing the materials and then potentially hiring people to help us out and, you know, actually paying Alexandra to do this work <laughs> and to, to be her her best boss she can be. So it is very interesting, like the the demand in it and the actual need for these materials and the willingness to use reused ones. Mm -hmm. People are not bothered by the fact that the bubble wrap has been around the country one time. It's all in good condition. It doesn't change. It doesn't degrade. The actual life cycle of a lot of these shipping materials is designed to last longer than one use. And that's just to like to protect the product it's initially shipping out. So we're like well within the purview to to do that in terms of like the logistical side of it. Well, kudos to you. That's incredible. So is it a 501c3 nonprofit? That is what we're going for, yes. You haven't applied yet, but you that's the intention. Yeah, not applied, but we're currently setting up the format of our organization in terms of non-for-profits. We want to do something completely different. We want to make every single aspect of this journey we're on right now and our business transparent. So everything from the finances to the daily actions, we want to be available and catalog and honestly unalterable. So like exploring technologies such as blockchain technologies for our our uh, transaction histories is a huge one in terms of adding the, the social responsibility and the corporate responsibility that we do you know, highly value. We're trying to make like the best non-for-profit we can imagine. And we're currently drawing it up right now and talking to other legal professionals about how to implement it. But we are well along the way. And hopefully we will have our 501c3 status by the end of the year. Good. Yeah, well done. That's incredible. And part of being 501c3 is being very transparent. So that makes sense. Well done. And the blockchain ideas is uh next level. So tell me about a day-to-day operation for you. So where are you driving the truck, Alexandra? Are you, do you have a box truck that you go around to the different locations? What's, uh, what's going on? 
I wish I had a box truck. <laughs> you should steer a car right now. I can't see out the rear view mirror. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. maybe somebody listening to this will have a box truck in Chicago. They can, right. they can loan you. <laughs> yeah. So we actually have volunteers who are our drop-off points during the collection week. And we are so thankful to them. I mean, they allow people to come onto their private property to leave like tons of materials And most of them will actually come drop off the stuff at the end of the week at our storage unit. So I don't have to make that drive. But when it first started, I would be driving from neighborhood to neighborhood, collecting from individual homes. I would have like a whole map like set up and ready to go. But once we realized that people are more than willing to drop off themselves, especially with neighborhood points, sometimes even walking distance to their house, we were like, okay, let's start doing this. So once in a while, obviously, like when we are giving larger amounts of supplies to smaller businesses, I will drive just because that's, you know, I want to get the word out and I love doing this. So Excellent. Have you heard of Recyclops or Ridwell? I don't think so. No. So their service is interesting. You sign up and they actually come to your house and they in an Uber style system and they will it's like $150 a year. So it's a very nominal cost to the consumer. And they pick up things like overwrap film, those Amazon bubble bags that you talked about. And they've already recycled over 3 million pounds of plastic in like a year and a half. So just for Ridwell, I don't know uh, Recyclops numbers, but amazing people, maybe it's somebody you could team up with someday. Yeah, Uh, They could be a great source for materials for you. (laughs) yeah that's the thing like we don't really want to get into the recycling aspect of it just because there isn't a sustainable way right now to do it and to get like that full material yeah so one of the things i mentioned earlier our exit strategy we basically want to put the heat on these bigger corporations we don't think that consumers should be bearing the weight of these negative externalities that are produced through, you know, our consumer systems. So we're hoping that like we can do these things, create these community bonds and also create this awareness about this packaging and about how to handle it. And then also help these businesses out. So we have multiple fronts we're approaching, but we really want to bring attention to this issue of sustainable packaging and like, how can we do it better? And we want to get it changed. Like, the best thing for both of us would be if we start this non-for-profit and if in five years we're out of business, like that, that would be <laughs> the best thing ever. We would be very happy with that as crazy as that sounds, but um, yeah, we really do want to help solve this issue. And we don't know what the right option is. We don't know if the, the right cost effective technologies are out there yet, or if, you know, the markets are willing to switch over to these alternative options yet. But I think that just providing them is the first step and providing alternative options and alternative ideas is the first step. Yeah. Is it, is it just the bubble mailers that you're reusing right now or accepting? No. So we're actually taking airbags, bubble or bubble wrap, sorry, packing peanuts, packing paper, paper shred, 
poly bags, clear poly bags, and jewelry boxes and bags. And we just keep adding to the list. <laughs> um, last month, we were also collecting boxes. And after receiving 460 of them, we were like, all right, <laughs> maybe we need to stop that for a little bit because we are out of space. Yeah, the cardboard boxes are a very hard one for us to deal with because yeah. we do operate on a very limited space. And we have Every single cubic inch of our storage unit calculated to to maximize <laughs> how much we can fit in. It's like it's a very technical operation for people who just collect bags and give them to people. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the cardboard boxes are extremely difficult, but we have tried it, and I think that if anybody else was interested in you know starting something that could reuse or like house a bunch of cardboard boxes for people to come and collect them, that like we would have some tips and we would have some you know mm-hmm. some help and some pointers because we've done it you know for people. We and who knows, maybe one day we'll get back into it. Yeah. So. Do you mark the packaging in any way to show people that it's been used before? Yeah, so we actually uh, made labels and uh, you can just mark off how many times it's been reading. We actually saw this idea from Canada. Um, someone, you know, shared it with us and we were like, okay, let's start doing this. I like I that. Think it's a fun way to engage people yeah. as well. And even if you're not familiar with, you know, the whole sustainability culture, you can kind of feel better about, yep. you know, like, online shopping and yeah we were actually having dinner with a couple that runs a business that we actually donated materials Mm -hmm. to and they suggested that we add a qr code to these labels so Mm -hmm. that we could almost like it's like the fine george campaign where they had like (laughs) dollar bills marked around the country and you can see where your dollar went yeah they were like yeah why don't you do that with the packages so people can see like you know what state they went to and (laughs) yeah so we're exploring those options and, you know, we'll some, get there. <laughs> something to like get people engaged in yeah. the, instead yeah. of just like looking at the packaging and throwing it away. Like they see our label like, oh, this was collected and reused. And it also says, please responsibly dispose of this. Yeah. And it has like the store drop off information right next oh, to good. it. Good. Good. So, you know, we're trying to come up with ideas. Yeah. I mean, we've met plenty of people who, you know, were more than willing to donate these materials but they've never like heard of, you know, store drop-offs for them. They just toss them away. And even just changing that perspective for them, you know, that's what we're trying to do because we know that, you know, all the environmental people, they know their stuff. They know exactly what can be recycled, what can be dropped off. So that's not our audience, you know, like we already have them on our side. It's the people who don't, who aren't involved in this. Yeah. And it's also, how do we make it easier for them to to access, you know, these resources and to learn these things. And it's kind of hard having that long list of materials being like, we don't accept these things. We do accept Mm -hmm. these things. I think overall we've tried to simplify our experience compared to like other recycling pop-ups and programs Mm -hmm. so that there isn't that confusion. So it's just like shipping materials. And like, these are the things we can take everything basically except boxes. (laughs) So people really do. They're they're starting to catch on here. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. I have a stat for you that might blow your mind. Yeah. I just I just found this out two weeks ago. In 2020, there were 21 billion packages shipped in the USA. Yep. 
We have a lot of work to do, my friends. <laughs> so Amazon, <laughs> fun fact, they ship out 4,000 packages a minute a day. So <laughs> when you really start to look at these numbers, that's when you realize. And I mean, he made a good point last night. He's like, why don't like individuals just collect all their packaging from a month, you know? And then once they see that pile in the corner, maybe it'll hit them as well. So... That's a great point. We're, we're getting rid of it so quickly. We don't really yeah. see how it accumulates. It, yeah. Although I think COVID has affected that differently. I get a lot of people saying, I can't believe how much garbage I make, how much waste I produce. Yeah. So yeah. I say, you know, there's lots of ways to rectify that. And there's lots of ways to recycle or reuse. Mm-hmm. So let's keep educating. Yes, agreed. 100%. So how many of these are we going to open? Are you guys going to have one in every big city? That's the goal. <laughs> that is the goal. <laughs> it's funny because we were actually thinking of moving out of Chicago in a few years. And then we started this and we're like, we can still do that because we can start it up in a different city. I mean, I posted about this in a few reseller groups and people were eating it up. You know, I had oh, yeah. people from the East coast being like, let me know when you get to Maryland. Like, let me know when you get to Virginia. And yep. I'm like, okay, so people are actually interested and it's definitely an option. Yeah, so I'm saying it here first. We would 100% love if somebody stole this idea yes. <laughs> word for word. So that's part of the reason why we're being transparent with the whole starting of this process and like yeah. how to handle the paperwork and how to handle all these different aspects. And like how it really does develop yourself yeah. as a as a leader and as a career developing tool. Yeah. Um, but like we want people to straight up take this idea and start it and do it yourself, do it your yeah. own way. We want people to do this better than we can do it. Like that's the important thing here. We want people to start these programs and it may not be exactly the same as ours. People may have other ideas. Go out and do it. Like, you know, it's going to help everyone in the long run. Yeah. So it could it could be a franchise where yeah. Yeah, yeah where where you guys are the the first 501c3 franchise in the history for packaging. <laughs> I love it. Wouldn't that be a thing, huh? You guys are innovators. Uh, I'm in. Let's do it. <laughs> so what's the future of sustainable packaging? Is this it? Is, is reuse the main pillar? I think right now that reuse is an important component. But I think that hopefully there are alternative options, more biodegradable packaging, and at that, more actual biodegradable biodegradable packaging, which is like a huge issue because you have to design something for its life cycle. It has to protect the product. Mm -hmm. And then also different distribution chains in terms of the products we use. Amazon is beautiful. These big online marketplaces are beautiful because they can get people these resources that otherwise, you know, they wouldn't be able to or otherwise they'd have to pay a pretty penny for or, you know, spend time looking for. But I think if we if we change the distribution networks and we really optimize how we implement these things and if we can just be better planning with our spending, it all comes down to consumer spending and consumer choices. That's how we change the world at least in capitalistic societies. So hopefully there are other options out there. And I think it's going to take a lot of change within our lifetime for that to happen. But 
I think it's well on its way because people have been noticing these things. People have noticed the difference in their own behaviors in terms of spending and how they interact with online marketplaces, especially during this pandemic. Especially during the pandemic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've seen so many smaller businesses just start popping up and people doing this on the side because they were either laid off or just weren't getting enough hours. So. Mm-hmm. it's been growing and i think a lot more businesses are starting to get interested in the idea of sustainability and yeah. i mean people are people eat it up you know they see like a little sustainable sticker on it and you're like okay <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah have my attention so hopefully instead of like these sustainable programs and like these sustainable almost certifications and like ways of doing things instead of those being the the kind of special things that a select few companies do hopefully it becomes a standard for yeah. you know all these industries and you know, it's not that far away. It, these changes do happen. I mean, I was watching a video yesterday about the changes from uh, wooden boxes being shipped around in like the 1890s to corrugated cardboard and how it changed the industry. And it's like these huge shifts do happen. And if there's yeah. a technology there, if there's something there, we can do it. Because we can only reuse for however many times, you know, at mm-hmm. one point, it unfortunately will end up in a landfill or a recycling plant. So there have to be other options. Yeah. Or just a little stepping stone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and everybody, just imagine how many people you're affecting in a positive way, you know, yeah. and, and that's we talked about this before the podcast started. Sometimes it can feel like we're not making an impact. And when you look at the big picture, take a step back and say, well, what if we affect someone else? And what if that person takes this torch and starts another franchise of EcoShip or, or whatever the case may be? Uh, you know, this podcast could, someone could be listening now that's, that starts your biggest branch. And that, to me, I think like that. And I want to, I want to be positive here. Yes, there's 21 billion packages shipped in the in a year or 4,000 in a minute, but we can make a difference. We can help affect positive change. I truly believe that. I agree. We definitely yeah. can. I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> I mean, we love this so much that we continue to remain very optimistic uh-huh. about it. Good. So how do people get a hold of you to, to start another franchise or to invest in your operation how to, or to contribute? Yeah, so all our information, all our contact information, drop-off information can be found on our website at ecoship.org. So our email is listed there. We're constantly checking the email, so definitely feel free to reach out. But we do have like all our events listed on there, items that are accepted, drop-off location addresses. Mm -hmm. And in terms of support, we just want to get the word out right now. We're setting up the whole non-for-profit thing, so... We will be accepting donations in the future and we will be you know, coordinating how we want to show people where those donations go before anything. So we're setting all of that up. And right now we just need people to, to say hello and the encouragement on a daily basis is, you know, it goes, it goes for miles, honestly, literal miles in terms of working and, you know, to see other people interested, it's, it's validation that we need sometimes because it can get rough. It can get rough. Well, I don't normally do this, but I'm going to release your episode really soon. I've I've got them booked out through July, but I want you guys to 
get some positive effect from this right away. So thank you so much. We really appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you, Landsberg Aurora, for sponsoring this podcast. And please, if you're listening, give us a review, subscribe, and so you don't miss any episodes. We appreciate what you guys are doing. Thank you, Peter and Alexandra. You guys are awesome. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Specrite, the first purpose-built platform for specification management. So much has changed when it comes to packaging, and there's a new book to help you stay ahead of the curve. The Evolution of Products and Packaging, written by longtime packaging executive Mr. Matthew Wright, helps you unpack industry trends and explains how you can use data to drive packaging innovation and sustainability. Download your free copy today at specright.com backslash book. That's S-P-E-C-R-I-G-H-T dot com backslash book.